Hello. So before we get started, first thing I want you to do is just take a really big, deep breath. In through the nose, out through the mouth, letting it all go and just let your body relax. Because again, we are hitting a big topic today and we are going to take it back to the beginning. So back to when you were a child. So I'm your host, Sophie McDermott. This is another episode of the Summit Health and Wellness podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day and I'm so excited to share with you today. Because when it comes to our eating, we do not realize how much our emotions play a huge part. And they play a huge part even if you're someone who eats really well. I've mentioned this time and time and time again where our habits a lot of the time are formed when we are children and we do things which are automatic. So it's without us even thinking. So what we are going to do together today, which I'm really excited for, is some deep inner work. But this stuff, it is difficult. Because what we don't realize is we actually bury so much stuff because we just don't want to confront it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with the emotions which come with it. And it can make you actually feel angry, frustrated, and pissed off. And who wants to feel that, right? We all are here for high vibes. But sometimes what you have to do is you have to go there. You have to uncover all the shit and talk about it, vent it, and let it go. Because if you don't actually do this from time to time, stuff is just going to build up. So if you've ever felt like, I don't feel right in myself, but I don't know the reason why, like nothing bad has happened, it's probably this. Because bad stuff happens to us all of the time. But we're always trying to put a smile on our face and be positive and move forward, which is the right thing to do. But we have to let go of things, okay? And a lot of it comes from when we were kids. So this is why we don't like to talk about it, because we relate a lot of this stuff to our parents. You know, I'm super lucky. I've got an awesome mum and dad, and they're not together, but they are still absolutely fantastic parents. Very supportive, very loving. So, of course, you don't want to sit there and be like, these things, you know, the way I view food is from my mum and dad. It's not about that at all. But we do need to be aware that when we're kids, we see things, right? We, and that's what I'm going to go into a bit more. So, we see, you know, how our parents view food, how they are with their health, how they exercise. I mean, I'm super lucky. I had two, like, brilliant examples for that but you might not have and it's not just about our parents it's about other people who are close to us as well now I know that if you've never done any sort of deep inner work like this 
This might feel a bit strange to do and you might be sitting here thinking, hang on a minute, I don't have anything from my childhood which affects my health today. This topic isn't relevant to me. So I'm going to be giving you some pointers to help you dig just a little bit deeper. And the way we're going to do this is through journaling. Journaling is a great tool. It's something I recommend to everyone, not just if you're looking at changing your health, but if you're looking at just having the best life ever, (laughs) journaling is something which can help you with that. Who doesn't want that, right? So you need to grab a piece of paper because ideally you want to do this exercise now as you're listening to this podcast. Of course, if you're driving, this isn't going to work. Maybe you need to come back to this another time. If you haven't got a piece of paper, do not use that as an excuse. Just open the notes app on your phone and you can start typing away. So journaling is a fantastic tool to just limit your stress in general anyway. We all have too much stress. This is something I have done loads before. I must admit, I've fallen out of the habit And talking about it with you now, I'm like, right, this is something that I need to get back into. Every Sunday night, I would have what I would call like a Sunday night prep. So it was part of my routine where I would basically just go through my week. So I found it like a brain dump of all the things I need to get done. Then I would sort of prioritize as well. Like these are the top things which have to get done. These are the things which, you know, if they wait till next week, it's not the end of the world. And you can already see how that will help limit your stress because so much of the time, our minds are just constantly running of what's next, what's next, what's next. And that to-do list is forever growing for a lot of us. So to be able to actually physically write it down has shown it just allows you to actually switch off because the fact that you've written it down, it's like you've told yourself, right, there's no way I'm going to forget that now because it's written down or I know I'm going to do X, Y, Z on Tuesday because I have written it down. So it's something I would recommend anyway, but in terms of your health, it's fantastic. I mean, you can do this with like your meals, can't you, on a Sunday night or maybe earlier on in the weekend. You might want to sit down on a Friday and be like, right, this is what I'm going to eat the days of next week. And then you've got the weekend, go out, do your food shop, get the food all ready. So you are organized rather than coming home from work on Monday night and going, what am I going to eat? I don't have any food in my house. Let me just order something. We've all been there, haven't we? No shame in that. But sometimes if we're just a little bit more organized, we're going to get the work done. Just the same as working out. You might be right. I need to work out three times next week. I can see on a Monday. There's no way that's going to get done because I'm just way too busy. But I can see Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Perfect. I can get that done. And I'm going to write that down so I know and I'm committing and I'm saying to myself, These are the days. I'm going to get it done. So you want to have a POA. This is what I'm always forever saying to my husband. What is a POA? That is your plan of action. Because without no plan, you're not going to take any action, okay? So we're going to be journaling. And I'm going to ask some questions. 
And I just want you to write down whatever comes to mind. So thinking about when you were a child, it doesn't matter what age you think of. We tend to think of an age where something um, sort of big happened, perhaps. But if it isn't, like that doesn't matter as well. Like with this journaling, there really is no right or wrong. Just write down whatever comes to mind. You might be surprised what things you think of. You're like, oh, oh yeah, I remember that. That's so random that I remember that. And it just goes to show how we push these things deep down, okay? So the first thing I want you to write about is who were you close to? So perhaps you have brothers and sisters. Of course, you'd be close to them. You spend every day with them, most likely, okay? Perhaps, though, you're an only child, so that wasn't the case for you. Maybe it was a cousin you were really close to who you saw every weekend. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it was just someone at school. So I want you to write down all the people who you were close to when you were a child. It doesn't matter who it was but just write down their names. As you're writing down their names, I want you to start to think of some of the feelings, okay? Because this is all about connecting with your emotions. So what are some of the feelings as you start to write these people's names down? Again, there's no right or wrong. Some it might be, oh, I remember this best friend at school. I've lost touch with her. Don't speak to her anymore. But I remember we were best of friends and we had such a good time together. So maybe that's bringing really happy memories back to you. But it could also be the complete opposite where it's like, oh, there was this family member we used to see all the time and I didn't actually like spending my time with them, but that's what it was, okay? So you want to feel all of the feelings. So next, I want you to write down who was it you used to compare yourself to and then also who did others around you compare yourself to so this might not necessarily be someone who you were close to but a lot of the time if you have a sister or brother it's likely them okay so I'll give you some examples as we go along so for me I have one sister she's two years younger than me so of course I spend a lot of time with her and I think like most siblings we had times when we were best friends and we had times when we hated each other (laughs) we love each other now though so it's fine But of course, I did used to get compared to her and she would have got compared to me. Now, there's no, you know, this is not good or bad. (laughs) Just put that disclaimer out there because I know my mum listens to my podcast. (laughs) But it happens, doesn't it? I know I do it with my kids. You don't do it in a bad way. It's just done. So example, you know, I was, I must admit, one of those kids who loved school. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved all my friends. I loved just being in that environment. And yeah, I know it's sad to say it, but I actually liked doing the work. I was one of those kids who, yeah, I'd come home and I'd do the revision, right? So my grades were really great, okay? Whereas my sister, on the other hand, she won't mind me saying this, she wasn't the biggest fan of school. So what did we get compared on? Of course, we would get compared on our grades. But for me, when it came to our health, I very much compared my sister 
to, um, you know, the size of us because I was very big. You know, sometimes I look at photos of me as a child and think, gosh, Sophie, you're actually fat. What is going on here? I know we shouldn't say that word because we shouldn't fat shame, but I'm saying it about myself, all right? (laughs) Still say it with love. And I know as a child, you go through phases, you go through growth spurts, times when you're skinny, times when you're not so much, all right? Um, But my sister was just always slim. She's just one of those people. It's just like, you've, you've just got those genes, haven't you? Where you're just you're going to forever be slim. <laughs> and you know, sometimes like you really love those people, but they're also really annoying. Aren't they? <laughs> and there's only two years between us. But sometimes when you look at pictures, you would think there is such a bigger age gap because I just was so much bigger in all ways in the sense of like I hit puberty a lot quicker. I was a lot taller than her. I just very much sometimes looked like a woman (laughs) and she looked like a child. Um, So yeah, I definitely compared myself to my sister. So you want to write down who you compared yourself to, not just with your health and the way you looked, but also just generally, okay? And feeling those feelings. It might be something like you even, you maybe you wore braces. I remember at one point I was wearing braces. I was wearing glasses. I thought, oh my gosh, Sophie, you're looking like the biggest geek ever. We think these things as kids, don't we? Even though it's not actually true, but it's our reality at the time. And I definitely did compare myself to like, oh, the kids who aren't wearing glasses and the kids who have got their braces off already. And it sounds so silly even saying this, And you might even be thinking, well, what's that got to do with anything? But it has got a link with how you view your health, okay? So, uh, next question here is, what did day-to-day eating look like for you? So, what were some of the foods you would eat? Who was the person cooking in your house? Was there someone cooking for you? Or was it a case of more that you would just have takeaways, fast food? What did you see sort of growing up when it came to meal times where you sat at the table all together eating? Or was it more of a rush? Come on quickly, we've got to go here and there. Or you would maybe perhaps eat your TV in front of the dinner and your tea. Your TV in front of a dinner, that would be really good, wouldn't it? Your dinner in front of the TV. And again, this is nothing to say. I'm putting all the disclaimers out today, aren't I? It's nothing to say about your parents' parenting was not right. Your parents did the very best they could do with what they could do. But it just goes to show how you perhaps might be with food. So I'm not actually a very good cook at all. Um, I'm getting better with some practice and with time, but I'm so lucky and fortunate that my husband cooks and he's a really awesome cook. Now, sorry, mum, I know you're listening, but she (laughs) used to just chuck something in the oven, like all in one dish, one pan, leave it to cook for half an hour, be done. Now, the brilliant thing about that is we did actually always have home cooked food. So we did eat really well it was healthy food we weren't that family going out to restaurants all the time or takeaways was never really a thing to be honest but it does mean I have been very lazy I suppose with the way I cook 
Another example, I'm half Italian, so you can imagine what the number one thing is I want to eat day and night. Yes, pasta, and then second place, pizza. (laughs) Now, pasta is actually pretty healthy, and you can make it so many ways, adding lots of veg in, which I had over lunch, which was really, really good. But of course, it's being aware of how much I'm eating of it. I can't have it breakfast lunch and dinner as much as me and now my daughter Jessica is exactly the same she's got that Italian gene so what is it you were eating now you also want to ask yourself how did food make you feel and this can be quite a tricky one because sometimes perhaps you were eating the right things and you were sat all together at the dinner table and that was really good so that's a happy feeling Um, But it might be a case of sometimes food was being used in a way which it shouldn't be, right? Because food is actually fuel. That's what it is. But I know for myself, I definitely am an emotional eater. And I use food to make me feel good, but in the in the wrong way, if that makes sense. So if I've had a bad day, I'll be like, oh, right, let me go and get the sugar, like a slice of cake that's going to make me feel better when really is it I mean it might do for five minutes but it's not actually really fixing the issue I've had earlier on in the day right and I know for me and I know this might sound quite deep but as I say like I've been doing lots of self-development for years and years but I know that my parents are divorced so I would go to my dad's twice a week which was awesome and he had a drawer in his house which was full of just treats right sweets um cakes like you name it it was in this drawer and then he also had loads of cans of fizzy drinks so I'm not very much a fizzy drink drinker luckily I'm not now I wasn't even as a child but that twice a week when I went to my dad's it was like a must. It was like, I'm at my dad's, which means I need a can of fizzy drink. I definitely wasn't addicted to it, but it was the association, wasn't it? It was the association of, I don't get to see my dad every day because my parents are divorced and of course love my dad. And so it was a case of that can of fizzy drink to me and that all the sweets I could eat <laughs> represented time with my dad and I suppose that love, you know, with my dad. So that is why I think I do go for sugar when I'm not feeling good, because I'm trying to recreate that feeling I had when I was at my dad's house, which was, this is the best time ever, you know? Um, And of course, I had that at my mum's house as well. I love being at my mum's too. It was only because it was more limited my time with my dad you see so that's what you need to think like when you are grabbing for those things which you know are not good for you and we've all got our vices right for me it's sugar but for you it might be alcohol it might be some sort of drink like the fizzy drinks I said Uh, it might be savory food maybe you're addicted to cheese or crisps or nuts maybe it's takeaways like When you're having those types of foods which you know are not fueling you to your best, why is that? Because this is not to say that we're never going to eat those foods again. Of course we are. But it's 
a case of that we're doing it under our control rather than just the automatic mindless habits, right? Um, and then the last thing you want to journal about is when you were a child, were there any health problems? So any health problems for you personally? Did you go through something? So for me, I'm really lucky I didn't. Uh, but my sister did. She had a problem with her kidneys, which meant she was sick a lot of the time. I know for her, that was very much like linked to like eating, not wanting to eat as well. Um, so I'm sure that will have a part to play with how she sometimes views food. But if it wasn't for yourself, it might be someone close to you. So, you know, as I said, for my sister, but also I saw health problems with like my grandparents. Unfortunately, my grandma who lived in Canada, she died like relatively young. My aunt who did live over here, who we used to see actually quite a lot of the time. She died fairly young. She must have been like in her 40s. So that will have an impact on how you see health and it will have an impact in a way that you don't even know. So when I was thinking about my aunt earlier and the fact that I've had a lot of family members who have died relatively young, perhaps that has told me and that has taught me that just live life to the fullest because you never know when your time is up which actually is a really good way to live, I believe. But then it's not so great if that to you means, well, just eat what you want and do what you want and don't worry about working out because you might be dead tomorrow, you know? I know that sounds very silly and dramatic, but we do, as kids, make it as simple as that and put two and two together and come up with 10 because we are children, our minds aren't mature enough, we don't have those emotions, they're not fully formed, but we do hold on to these things into our adulthood. So this is why this exercise is so important, because you're doing this now as an adult, and you're looking back at those situations and thinking, right, okay, now I can see this, through a completely different lens, a completely different viewpoint. And you will change your opinion on situations which have happened in the past as you get older. So if you're doing this and you're in your 60s right now and you're thinking, God, when I was a kid, that's such a long time ago, you might think of something perhaps which wasn't back to when you were a child, maybe in your 30s. Maybe something happened in your career and that changed how you started to eat. Maybe something happened in a relationship. You got a divorce or maybe it wasn't something negative. Maybe it was something positive, like you had children and then you changed the whole way you eat. I know for me, that's something I've done because I now pick at their food all day long. Um, my kids eat an early dinner around five. I, you know eat the leftovers although I've stopped this now actually I must admit I have been really good and stopped this but I used to eat the leftovers and then be eating a whole massive meal for myself at seven o'clock when I wasn't even hungry because I've just picked up their leftover food all day long so definitely think of big events which have happened in your life as well and journal on those because that will have an impact too so that is your journaling done you should have a list of things which I know might not seem relevant to you. 
I promise you, though, they will be. And what you want to do with all of those things, positive and negative, but especially the negative things, we want to clear them. So you know how we started this podcast with a nice, deep cleansing breath? You're going to do the same thing. You're going to read through what you've written down. And with each one, you're going to clear it with a big, deep breath, just letting it go and saying to yourself, I forgive myself and I love myself. And you might need to do this for other people as well, right? Because this can possibly bring up things with relationships with other people. So you might want to forgive that person and send some love their way as well. Because there's never any point holding anything on to you about how you feel about someone else because it's only going to affect you in a negative way. So now you've done the exercise. This is not a one-time done thing and you never need to revisit. I'm a great believer that you should always be living in the present, but I do feel you have to go back to the past just from time to time to work on those things, to allow your present to be even better. So make sure you do do this exercise again. Doesn't need to be often. I would say I do work like this maybe two to three times a year. So it doesn't need to be often at all. It is going to make a difference with your emotions, how you view, how you view, sorry, health in general, and also how you view eating. It's going to make your relationship with food so much better. Let me know how you have got on with journaling. Please send me a message on Instagram at sophie.mcdermott. And if you have any questions about this at all, please just ask me. No question is too silly. Please don't feel embarrassed to ask any questions from any of the podcast episodes that I do, because I understand that sometimes when I'm talking about things, to me, it can seem very second nature because I do this stuff all of the time and I have done, but I'm hoping that by breaking it down in a really simple, easy way to understand, you're going to be able to follow this too without feeling that you've lost the plot. (laughs) So I hope you have a lovely week. Make sure you tune in next week for even more information to help you on your health journey. And as always, remember to make yourself a priority. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.